Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard. Uh, this is a really exciting conversation I wanna introduce you to today. I'm actually holding in my hand a book right now that was given to me as a Christmas gift about a year ago or so. It's called The Military Guide to Armageddon. Now, some of you may hear that title and say, hey, wh what's Josh doing on today's episode? What is this? And you know, I firmly believe that we are in the last days. In fact, if you look at the scripture, it says, that we have been in the last days ever since Jesus stepped into the earth, that God has given us everything we need in these last days, according to his son. We find that in Hebrews chapter one. So there's no question that the last days have already began from a biblical perspective. The question before us is how do we prepare? And so I was given this book as a gift and I started looking through it. And if you know me and if you've been following the show, you know that we love the athletic metaphors, but we also love the warrior metaphors. There's so many warrior and military analogies and metaphors throughout all of scripture that really resonate. They hit hard. They speak to us. They call us forward into mission to be activated. And even this whole platform, Raising the Standard and my website, Standard 59, is based off Isaiah 59 verse 19, where we see the Lord himself array himself in battle raiment. He's putting on warrior's garment and he's getting ready to go to war on our behalf. And we also know that when we're born into this kingdom of God, when we become Christians, when we submit our life to the Lord, that we're not promised an easy road, but we are born into a battle. So if we're born into a battle, how do we prepare? And that's really the focus of today's episode where I'm joined by Troy Anderson, who's a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, and he's teamed up with Colonel Jamona, who's been in the U.S. Army for the past 18 years in multiple theaters of combat as an Army chaplain. He has some phenomenal stories. They're all documented in this book, and this book goes through not only equipping you with the strategies and the tactics that you need in your life, but also really practical checklists. What can I do now? What's my after action report look like? How do I put these disciplines into practice? How do I execute my mission? That's why I'm excited to bring you today's episode with Troy Anderson and Colonel Jamona. Let's get into it. This is Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the ambitious Christian man. Identify, unlock, and access spiritual secrets and strategies grounded in biblical truth so you can run your race and maximize your impact and influence. It's time to lead yourself, your family, and your world. Let's get after it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Raising the Standard. This, this is leadership, mindset, and development for you, the ambitious Christian man. And on today's episode, I'm joined by two very special guests. I gotta tell you, I got a copy of this book that I'm holding in my hands if you're watching the video right now. It's called The Military Guide to Armageddon. It's by Colonel Jamona and also Troy Anderson. And this is a phenomenal book. I got into it. It's full of practical wisdom, spiritual wisdom, and full of strategies and tactics so you can level up. And as soon as I started reading this, I had it in my heart to have these guys on the show. And I'm honored to welcome both Colonel Jamona and also Troy Anderson to the show. Welcome, guys. It's an honor to have you here today. Enjoy. Josh, the uh, honor is all ours. Yeah, it's a great honor. Thank you. 
Absolutely. So I want to jump right in. You know, we have a bunch of guys that are listening right now. I call these guys ambitious Christian guys. They're online, they're entrepreneurs, they're business guys, they're in the marketplace. They also love the Lord. That's why they're listening to this and they're focused on their development to even invest the time to listen to a podcast. And we're going to recommend your book to them. But I want to get into why you wrote this book and actually how it came into being, because it's pretty heavy. It's talking about the days, the times that we're in right now. And um, I'll just share with both of you guys, um, in terms of my background, I you know, studied the end times a little bit as a young guy growing up in the church, but that wasn't always a central focus for me. But in the last couple of years, when COVID hit around 2020, I started going deeper into the scriptures and I wanted to get my eschatology straightened out. And I started reading more of the biblical prophecy scriptures and really looking to see where are we right now? How do we get prepared? And I'd love to hear your take on how this book came into being and and help us to equip the men today on what we can do to prepare for the season that we're living in. Wow. All great questions. Uh, we'll start from the very beginning. Uh, 32 years of military service uh, for me as an Army chaplain. I retired in 2018 as a full colonel, and I was in charge of the military um, military's installation management command, which is in charge of all the installations of the Army around the world. And when I got out of there, um, <clears throat> when I began to retirement, I asked the Lord, okay, what's next? What's my next assignment? And the Lord said, uh, Go to Kerrville, Texas, and uh, I will show you what your next assignment is. So I went there and had an encounter with the Lord. Uh, this is before I came off of active duty. And the Lord said, I want you to um, prepare the church and warn the world of my coming. Uh, and it was at this time, uh, th that exact time, that I met Troy Anderson, uh, and I'll let him share his side of the story. The reason we wrote the book is... When I went to war, and I went to war four different times in combat theaters in Saudi Arabia, in Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan, and in Central America, I noticed that a lot of the Christians that went to war didn't come back the same. Uh, they were devastated by the death, the destruction, all the loss that they saw. And um, when I came back, you know, I just felt like, and it's in the preface, preface, preface excuse me, of that book, uh, that I say this, that I wanted to prepare the church because at that time when I started writing in 2018, the Lord said, uh, you know, to prepare the church. And how do I do that? Well, we write, we wrote this book. And in preparing the church, I didn't want the church to experience the same thing as the soldiers were experiencing. When we come into death, destruction, all the things that are going to be happening during the end times. And this was before COVID, by the way. Uh, the book was written, and uh, and it came out just at the right time. Um, you know, it's a book about preparation and how to do that. Troy, your take on it? Yeah, Josh. The way this came about is the, the colonel got a hold of me out of the blue in, uh, I think it was early 2018. And he said he'd, he'd written a book called The Making of a Warrior at that time. And when he first called me, the first thoughts that, that ran through my head was, I knew about these polls that show the you know, American population, about 70 to 80% highly respect the military. And I'd already written a couple of books on, on Bible prophecy. And we had a, you know, we had pretty good success with those books, but, you know, still many people were very skeptical about the end times and Bible prophecy and that kind of thing. And so I thought to myself, if America and the church will listen to anybody about the dangers we're facing, about what's really happening, they'll listen to a U.S. Army chaplain and colonel. And so we, we teamed up together. We wrote this book, The Military Guide to Armageddon, uh, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. And, you know, it came out just, you know, 
I thank God it, it hit number one bestseller. It hit 129 out of 33 million books on Amazon, 150 on Barnes and Noble, and was just a, you know, just just shot up and took off. It came out right on January 5th, 2021, the day before the the, the infamous uh, you know Capitol uh, insurrection. But what was it? It's coincidental uh, timing. That's 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 wild timing. Yeah, Colonel, did you have something? No, it's just that uh, as uh, as Troy was talking here, um, you know, it reminded me that at the time that I wrote the book and I sat down and I was in a little apartment with my wife because we were getting ready to go back here to Georgia and get out of the military. It was interesting when I started typing, it was called The Making of a Warrior, as Troy said, and I was really in charge. I was the uh, president of a warrior refuge which basically is helping vets and you know veterans get back on their feet and doing kind of ministry to them. As I started typing the book, the Lord just spoke to me the first page and said, you're going the wrong direction. And so I said, Lord, what direction do you want me to go? And he said, I want you to write about the end times and my coming. I said, no one cares about that. He said, they will when the book comes out. And that's exactly what happened. Wow, it's prophetic in and of itself as far as the timing and just the interest level of where everyone is right now. Um, you know, when I think about the end times, and this is also for the audience that's listening, um, you know, there's no question that we're in the last days. And if we need Bible for that, you know, it even says in Hebrews, the writers of Hebrews 1, 2 says, in these last days, God has finally spoken once and for all by his son. And so we've been in the last days, according to biblical times, ever since Jesus came on the scene. That would be the start of the last days from a biblical perspective. So it's very timely. And we just see that things keep getting more momentum and acceleration in terms of, in terms of the way the events are unfolding in, in the earth right now. So my question is, as you write this, as you have this vision for equipping men with this manual, let's, let's take a step back. And I'd like to hear from your perspective, what's the state of the modern Christian man as you see it today? Because obviously we're writing for people, you're writing and your messages for men and for women. Um, we're specifically talking to men on this on this show, but what's, what's the current state that you see when you look at in the culture of Christianity and the landscape at the moment? Yeah, I think there's a separation of sheep and goats happening right now. Uh, there are those that want to be part of the church of Jesus Christ, the, you know, the remnant and those that really want to be part of the culture and listen to what the culture has to say. And, you know, more and more, you're going to have to make a choice. Who do you want to follow? If you're going to follow the Lord, then it's time to get back into the Word of God and not just go to church on Sunday mornings and forget about it the rest of the week. You got to dig into it every day. If you're married, get with your spouse and pray together and read the Word of God and then start applying that Word to your life. I see many men, um, they're not leaders in their church, they're not leaders in their home. Uh, they focus mostly on their jobs or their businesses, making money, but they left out the most important thing there is your eternal soul. And Jesus said, what profit is there if you gain the whole world and lose your soul or forfeit your soul? So I see the landscape of men across the United States is we, we're calling them to become battle ready. Troy and I work tirelessly. We're actually writing a third book as we speak that's due out to the publisher in April. And it's about your assignment uh, the, the last book uh, we just wrote that came out in August is about uh, all the things that are going on in the world and the the deluge of misinformation. 
Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. So it's time for men to get up and get ready and follow Christ. Uh, and back in the 1930s under Nazi Germany, the church had a chance to stand against Adolf Hitler. 12,000 pastors, 9,000 of them decided not to do anything. And that's where the majority of men are right now. Not, in, not doing anything, or pastors not doing anything about the culture and about the war that we're actually in spiritually and culturally, it's time to man up. That's excellent. And I love how you make um, a reference to Bonhoeffer in your book, and you talk about where are the Bonhoeffers. What's that look like to express that spirit in today's day and age, in this current culture? Um, how would you advise someone to stand up for what they believe, and how do they break free from this casual Christianity? I know you gave us some tools already by, by living in the Word and really getting serious about our relationship with the Lord. In terms of speaking out in culture, what's that look like for you to exhibit leadership in your spe your specific sphere of influence? Well, I'll go first on that, Troy. If you want to follow, that's that's great. But um, you going back to Bonhoeffer, one of my favorite guys in all the world, and uh, Eric Metaxas um, is really deep into him. He's going to be on our show here in a few weeks. And he wrote the book, The Letter to the American Church, that really parallels a lot of the things we have in our book on Armageddon. And so the people that in Nazi Germany back in the 30s are, were experiencing the same kind of thing. History is repeating itself now, but we have the left and the progressives and the socialists trying to take over our country and around the world, along with the World Economic Forum. And, you know, Troy will go more into, deeper into that. It's time for us. If we don't take a stand now, we're going to lose everything. Uh, it's and so uh, you know if you you might think you have a great business and you may think you're making a lot of money and whatever you're doing right now, but it isn't going to make a hill of beans when all that's taken from you, um, and and that's coming and we can talk about that here in a moment. But we must do what Bonhoeffer did. He was ready to give his life. I've actually stood in Flossenburg, a concentration camp where he uh, was executed. He was willing to do it all and put it all on the line. The question I have for everybody is, are you ready to put it all on the line? And are you ready to make a difference? Because that's what it's going to take in this day and age. Troy, do you want to add on to that? Do you have a take on what that looks like to express um, and stand stand up for values in the midst of the, the counterculture that we find ourselves in today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been investigating this question. Are we willing into these end time events that the Bible talks about for the last dozen years? You know, I've done hundreds of interviews, read hundreds of books, gone through tens of thousands of pages of you know, government academic documents. Uh, you know, I did an interview with Billy Graham, you know, several years ago. And he said the signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those predictions. And, you know, there's recent life wave polls that nine in 10 pastors now see signs of the end time events. So there's a a consensus in the faith community that this is really happening. You know, we, we have a the World Economic Forum came out with this uh, Klaus Schwab, the chairman, with the Great Reset of Capitalism. You know, there, there's a there's a, a push by the globalists for this technocratic global system. You know, pretty much everything we see happening is, is designed to move us into some kind of world government system that the Bible pre predicts is, is you know is going to happen in the end times. Part of this, you know, right right now, America stands in the way of, of this system. And so what we see happening is they're taking away our freedoms, our liberties, you know, digital currency. You know, for the first time in history, we could actually have this mark of the beast system. They have, you know, artificial intelligence, electronic banking, microchip implants, all everything you pretty much need, the surveillance state. And so this is a real threat. And, you know, our 
ancestors, you know, fought and died in, in many different wars to protect our freedoms and liberties. And if America goes down, the entire world is going down. So this is a very grave, perilous threat that we're facing right now. And men need to stand up and be bold and be courageous and be leaders in their families, be leaders in their communities. And that's the that's the message that we're uh, you know bringing with these different books. Walk me through what's it look like for us? You know, we're talking about standing up and obviously um, as an American citizen, I want to use my constitutional rights to vote. I want to exercise my voice. I'm using my public platform wherever I can to stand up for what I believe, to lead my family and direct them in the way they're supposed to go and to to be prepared and be battle ready like like the book speaks about. Where does the line, what's the line look like between, you know, we have these movements where, you know, some people get wrapped up in nationalism and they're putting all their hope and all their faith in a political party. And for them, on one side of the spectrum, it becomes all about natural means. And obviously we subscribe to a different system as Christians. So what's that balance look like in terms of spiritual warfare and what's happening in the spiritual realm versus how that plays out in the natural realm? Hey, I just, interesting you say that. I just wrote a chapter in her, in her book that's coming out about the uh, sacred versus the secular. There is no sacred or secular in God's eyes and God's kingdom. Uh, every The Bible says that everything we do, we must give glory to God. And so, uh, first and foremost, we are followers of Jesus Christ. Some of us as followers are being led into full-time political arena to make a difference there. Some of us are in businesses to make a difference there. And some of us are in full-time, quote, ministry, uh, you know, uh, in the media or in church, and we're making a difference there. Wherever you find yourself, you know, Christ has to be preeminent, and you have to make a difference for the kingdom where you are located. Um, you know, we have lots of friends who are in the nationalist movement who are b- born-again believers, and they're making huge gains and differences. I don't think we should separate the sacred from the secular. I think it's all one in God's eyes. And so, like Troy said, you know, I spent 32 years standing up for God and country. To me, that's exactly what all of us need to do, God and country. I don't think you you can separate that. Having said all that, my hope ultimately is not in the president of the United States or in the Congress or in any of those. My hope is fully in Jesus Christ. However, you know, I want to live in a free country and I want to support a free country. I don't want it to fall into totalitarian hands or socialist hands or progressive hands. So I'm willing to do all I can to make that happen as well. I I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's very well said. I love it because I think it's exactly the way you summarized it really hit home for me because we all have these different spheres of influence where you're called to. And there is a specific calling and anointing on some people to go into the political arena. And I don't know if that's obviously for everyone. I think you can get involved where you are, um, but other people are in business and other people are in these different sectors of society as the Lord has us. And we want to use our influence in those specific places. So I really appreciated the way you break that down because we want to support, we want to exercise our voice, and we want to do everything we can within our power and our constitutional rights to to preserve yeah. the country that God's given us. Well, Josh, you I, know, I, uh, yeah. I know that businessmen are li- are listening to this program, and I'm hoping they're supporting you. 
we can't do this ministry without businessmen and entrepreneurs. You have a vital part in supporting Josh and maybe even supporting us in the future and battle ready. Um, you know, because money uh, is a very important commodity and currency. I've talked to Dave Ramsey about this personally because uh, he invited me to come to his headquarters in Nashville and talk to his team about the Lord in, in a Bible study. And, um, you know, Dave Ramsey's philosophy is much like my philosophy is that, you know, everything combined together for the kingdom, you know, money uh, is part of that fuel you put in the gas tank to make everything run. Uh, of course, it's run by the Holy Spirit and all that. So everybody's important in this fight. It's not uh, in the military, by the way. Well, when we go to war, 75% of the war fighters are in support roles. Only 25% of the military and the army are actually pulling the trigger. That tells me that support is extremely important. And without it, you are not going to win the war. I love the the military analogies that we have all through scripture. We actually did an episode a few back um, called The Military Language of Jesus, how Jesus calls us to advance and occupy. Um, and we see Paul, you know, charge his spiritual son, Timothy. And one of the analogies he uses when he describes what a, a man should be is enlisted in military service. Talk to me a little bit more about the parallels there, because I'm like, Troy, you mentioned guys love the military. I, I want to thank you for your service, Colonel. And I, I love it. I never was in the military, but I love the athletic metaphors, the military metaphors and how that applies to us, because we are born into a battle when we, we when we decide and we pledge our life to Jesus. And I want to uncover a little bit more from your perspective, how that plays out when we talk about spiritual warfare, when we talk about the training that you go through in the natural to become a well-equipped and well-developed um, soldier. What's that look like for us as men of God in our normal spheres of influence, if we're not enlisted in a natural military, but being in God's army? Well, uh, I use the analogy all the time in the military because I was raised in the military and, you know, I've traveled the world and I know that I've been to the Army War College where we study the highest levels of strategic warfare. And you're exactly right, Josh. We're born into war. Uh, people don't realize it. You're on either one side or the other. There is no neutral ground. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of darkness and Satan. And there's no middle ground. So I tell people all the time, when we train soldiers to go to war, and I'm right close to Fort Benning as we speak, and I hear the gunfire as we're talking. Uh, the artillery is going off right now. When we go to when we train a soldier to go to work, we hand them a rifle and we don't tell them here, follow me right away. We get this rifle and go. They have to go through weeks and weeks of training every day, 24-7, and after that, more training, and after that, more training. And I don't think the Church of Jesus gets it because we're all about training. You can't take a weapon and give it to a soldier and say, go ahead and kill the enemy because he's going to get himself killed or he's going to get you killed in combat. And so we, uh, we value training in the military. And our book, The Military Guide Armageddon, that's what we talk about, all the training that needs to take place. And the first thing I will tell people who are listening to this podcast, uh, if you're not in the military, uh, you, have, you have to understand one thing. After 11 weeks of infantry training, then you go on to advanced training. And then after that, it's training the entire career. 
it you never stop training and that's what i'm telling christian men especially hey you've got to be in the word you got to be in training you got to you know study to show yourself approved because let's face it, from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is a book of warfare. King David was in 66 major battles himself, and it's just one warfare after another, Old Testament and New Testament. And so uh, interesting, and, and the history of the world is all about warfare. We have to understand those tactics, the tactics to win the war. I love in the book, you really equip men and you point us to the basics. It's like basic training because you get so deep into the spiritual disciplines. And I think that's the way we need to live our life every day, spending time in the word. You talk about fasting, you talk about prayer. Um, what are what are some of the top spiritual disciplines that you employ in your life and that you would encourage other men that these are the non-negotiables? If you want to be equipped, if you want to be battle ready, what are those non-negotiables in your life that you have practicing in both of your lives and what you would encourage other men to say, these are the top things you need to be doing on a daily basis? I know Troy has a great story about that and all the miracles that God and you've written down. You want to tell about that, Troy? Yeah, so Josh, um, I think it was like early 2016, my wife suggested I start keeping a, a journal of things that seem miraculous in nature in our lives. And so I created this, it's called the Log of Supernatural Phenomena and Miracles. So every time we would pray, our small group would pray, and it seemed like God intervened in our lives, I'd, I'd write it down. So this journal's now grown to like 175 pages of 165 entries of just miracle after miracle in our, in our lives. And um, the first chapter of the Military Guide to Armageddon is called The Making of a Warrior. And so in this process of helping the colonel, you know, write and edit these books, I sort of went through this process, you know, you know doing the Bible reading, uh, prayer, uh, fasting, you know, all those spiritual disciplines. And then here, here recently, it, 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 you know, we put it into action. My wife got uh, very sick. She had severe COVID pneumonia. She had severe sepsis, acute pancreatitis, stomach bleeding. You know, she, she nearly died. She was in the hospital for 17 days. And our small group was praying for her. Our battle ready ministries team was praying for her, other people were praying for her, and and God brought her through this. She, she she's fine now and, and doing much better. And I believe the Lord saved her life. So, there, you know, in all, in all our lives, there's going to be some crisis. There's going to be some kind of, you know, a big challenges coming. You know, health, career, finances. You know, uh, many different things. And so when that when that comes, it's it's important to you know to have, you know, to be battle ready to be. You know, to draw, draw close to the Lord, to learn how to walk in the supernatural power and protection of the Holy Spirit. That, that's the key to navigating what's happening today, to leading our families and, and, and being the, you know, the man of God that God has called us to be. I love it. I love the fact that you're journaling because I, I almost view that as a form of stewardship, that you're really taking account of everything the Lord's doing. And I think when we do that, the Lord gives us more because we're really stewarding what he's giving us. We're recognizing it. And I believe it's in Malachi. There's a scripture where it talks about the Lord opening a book of remembrance. And it's almost like we're documenting and we're developing this legacy that we can remember and we can always look back at what the Lord has done. So, Troy, thanks for sharing that. I'm going to encourage everyone listening that we should all practice the 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 work of journal writing. And when God speaks, really taking an inventory of what he says and what he does in our life. I, I love that. Colonel, this this next question I have, maybe this leads into the second book that you have, but you were talking about strategy and tactics. And obviously, um, you know, our enemy that we're up against is, a, you know, is a master strategist. He's been observing humanity for since the very beginning. 
And, um, and we even see like even the attack on Jesus in the wilderness, he waits for these opportune times when men are at their weakest, when they're alone, when they're isolated before he launches an attack. What are, what do you see right now as maybe the, the top, the number one, maybe the top three, if you want to take it that far. But what what are some of the top strategies of the enemy being employed right now that we need to be aware of, that we can't be ignorant of? Well, it's a great question. And and by the way, our second book is The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. The greatest strategy that Satan has is deceiving the whole world. And the Bible, Jesus clearly points that out in Matthew 24, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Daniel. Deception would be a big factor in the last days. And you can see it in the media. You can see it in our government. You can see it in education. You can see it in so many different places. And so our enemy strategy against the church, uh, his primary mission is to destroy the church, the people of God, both Israel and uh, Christians. And the way he's doing that is the way he did it in the book of Genesis at the very beginning. He tells Eve, did God say? He he plants deception and doubt in the mind of Adam and Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree uh, and, and so fall into sin. And his deception, deceptive tactics have not changed. Uh, Sun Tzu, by the way, who is uh, quoted often in our books, who's a general master strategist, still studied today in the Army War College, said all war is, is about deception. And so the greatest deception taking place right now in our country, not just in the church, but in society, is doubting the Word of God. Well, we don't have to follow this because this doesn't align with the culture. We don't have to follow that because this doesn't align with the government says. I don't care what the government says, and I don't really care what the culture says. The only person I really care about is what God says. And if it says in his book, that's what I want to do. Because at the end of time, I'm not going to stand before the culture or the president or anybody else. I'm standing before God Almighty to give an account of my life. And so I want to make my life count. And so get back into the Word of God and believe what the God is God is saying about His Word, because it's all true. I don't care. Uh, for a perfect example, polls say that 75% of people live together right now before getting married. I don't care if it's 100%. It's not right. It's not in the Word of God. It's called fornication. Uh, if you follow the Word of God, you would know that. And so uh, when people get saved, you know, and they're living together, the first thing I tell them is you got to stop living together or you got to get married. Uh, so that's one little piece of the entire culture of what's going on right now. I know it sounds black and white and cut and dry because it is. Yeah, I agree. There's a standard of holiness that we have to live up to and we walk out. That's that's our daily walk. I, I love that you're saying this. I, I, As you're saying it, I'm like, I will follow you. I'll follow this guy. I love seeing a strong man raise his voice and saying, this is what I stand for. There's something so admirable about that. And we don't have a lot of that kind of preaching. We have a little bit of a superficial landscape of Christianity right now. I'm not attacking churches, but we don't have the same level and depth of the men carrying the messages that you're sharing today of no compromise. And that's really what this is. Isn't that right? Oh, that's exactly right. When you go to war, if you compromise, you're going to die. 
um, in the first chapter of our second book, we it's all about complacency. You get complacent in war, you're going to die. Uh, you get complacent in your spiritual life, you're going to spiritually die. And we don't want that to happen. There's so many parallels to your experience in the military of the way that you see things, the way you see life. What's the glaring missing piece for men that don't have that, that aren't looking at their Christian walk through this lens, that aren't viewing um, the battle that we're in? If they're missing that piece, where are they most susceptible? What's What are they missing when they don't have that outlook that we are actually in a battle? Well, they're missing a whole lot. <laughs> and uh, it, it would be a lot for me to unpack that question because it's it probably a whole book that we would write on it. But what they're missing mostly is... They go, most men um, who are not following s- strongly after the Lord Jesus Christ, not following the Word of God, not being battle-ready, they go to church on Sunday, and then Monday they live like the devil the rest of the week. Uh, they're not following the principles of the Word of God, so they're, they fall into all kinds of traps and temptations, excuses. We're coming into tax season. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, well, I'm just going to cheat here, I'm going to cheat there. And, but when you're really following the Word of God, and we all have issues. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. But, you know, when we strive to follow God's word, then we're going to understand the battle that we're in and what is actually going on in our culture. And if we get those uh, blinders removed, we're going to see a whole world in a different way. Troy, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I, I think the ball's in our court. I think, you know, Jesus talks to occupy till it come, which means, you know, we're, we're not just supposed to wait here until the rapture happens or we get taken out of here. Uh, you know, that, that's one of the beliefs. Uh, we're actually supposed to be, you know, doing what God called us to do, obeying God. The, the primary mission is the Great Commission. Take the good news to all the world and then, you know, love your neighbor as yourself and, you know, help poor, you know, the poor, the widows, the orphans, you know, all these different things that Jesus talked about doing. Um, that That's what we're supposed to be doing here on earth. <clears throat> and uh, and so this, this takes, you know, uh, you know, daily Bible reading, read, reading the Bible with your wife, with, with your family, you know, prayer, uh, fasting, finding out what your gifts uh, uh, in the spirit are, you know, discernment, wisdom, prophecy, all these different things that the, the Lord gives us and, and, and actually using these things. The other big problem I, I see is that, you know, so many Christians don't even bother to vote. You know, maybe you don't want to be inconvenienced by jury duty, uh, but but there's like there, there's a, you know some recent election data I've seen shows that maybe only 25 percent of evangelicals voted. Yet there's 80 to 90 million evangelicals in America. So if a higher percentage went out and voted, this would be an entirely different country. And uh, the you know the, the, the progressives they know this, and so they they rely on our complacency, our, our laziness, and um, and so that that's why we're in danger of losing our, our freedoms in this country because we, we don't stand up, we don't speak out. We don't exercise our, our rights as citizens, and uh, you know we have this amazing freedoms that God has given us, and so you know it's time to, to man up and and do what we're supposed to do. I, I know we're coming short on time here, so I want to ask this last question, and then maybe I'll ask you just to charge the men with whatever's on your heart as we we bring this in for a landing. Um, you talk about different categories of believers, and we've talked about that today. We've we've distri- we described two different types of men. You know, there's a casual Christian. Um, we see this reflected in the attitude of the Church of Laodicea, which is, I think, what we summarized as part of what we're seeing in today's culture. Um, comfortable, casual, 
church on Sundays, live whatever way you want during the week. And then we have this other category that's known as the remnant. And I've also heard you speak about that. Um, I'll leave this open for both of you. Um, can you describe to me the characteristics of the remnant? If a, if a man's listening to this and saying, you know what, it's time for me to step up. I have to stop this, this casual Christianity, this looseness in my life. I want to be a part of this end time army. I want to activate into vision and mission. And I feel this calling to be a part of the remnant. What are the characteristics that those men are going to have? And what's that look like for you? Wow. That's a great question. Um, the characteristics, first of all and foremost, if you're a casual Christian, first of all, I don't believe there are casual Christians. Um, and I'll tell you why, because you're either a follower of Jesus Christ or you're not. You may go, uh, I was telling someone this yesterday, you may go to a church, you may have been there all your life, and you may donate to that church, and you may do all kinds of stuff, but just because a mouse is in the cookie jar doesn't mean he's a cookie. Um, and so it doesn't matter if you go to church in one sense or not, if you're living like the devil during the week, you're beating your wife, you're cheating, you're, you know, or you're just not, you're just lackadaisical, you got to ask yourself, am I truly a follower of Jesus Christ? Because that's not what Jesus Christ asks us to do. What he does ask us to do is this, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. If that doesn't mark your life, then you better start thinking about where is my eternal destiny going to take me? So that would be the first thing I go. I know, you know, they, a lot of people will say, well, you sound harsh. You don't sound full of love. And that's a whole nother category I would love to get into maybe on another show. But love is not this ushy gushy feeling of how I feel about you today and tomorrow and everybody can do. Everybody's going to heaven. I got news for you. Not everybody's going to heaven. Jesus himself said the way is narrow and few be that find it that go to eternal life. That doesn't sound like everybody's going to heaven to me. And he said the way to uh, destruction is broad and many go that way. So that's the first thing I would tell men who are listening. Take stock. That's what we say in the book. Take stock of your life. Do an action, after action review every day. What's going on in your life? And then if it's not following the pattern of Jesus and the Bible, fix it. Change it. Repent. That means to turn around and go another direction. You can do that even as we speak. So that would be my first salvo uh, on answering your question. Phenomenal. I love it. Troy, do you want to add on to that? Yeah, you know, I, I just say that, uh, you know, I, I saw this you know, earlier. Um, I, I opened the poll recently and it said, you know, only 2% of people believe they're going to hell. So, so 98% of people are going to said, wide is a road that leads to destruction and narrows the gate that leads to life. And so that there's this gigantic dichotomy. Uh, you know, Barna poll showed only like 6% of the Christians actually hold a biblical worldview anymore. They actually believe all the entire Bible is true. And so it boils down to this, this, you know, the first question that Satan asked Eve in the Garden of Eden, did God really say, you know, is God's word true? And if, if we read the Bible, we discover that um, unless you repent and turn from your sins and, and do the best you can to live a righteous life and to do what the Lord's commanded you to do with your life, uh, you, you could be eternally separated from God. So there's this gigantic dichotomy between what people believe and the reality of the Bible. And so you need to really ask yourself, you know, am I right with God? And so I would encourage people to you know, ask the Lord to forgive you your sins, invite him into your heart, but completely transform your life. 
and uh, and then start you know reading the Bible, go to church, fellowship, and find a small group, and uh, you know start to grow spiritually. Wow, guys, I feel just such an urgency, even as we talk about this, that today's the day of decision. That if any man's listening to this, you have to come off the line. You have to choose who you're serving today. And it's even more important than ever because these are the last days that we're actually living in and we need to be prepared. I love this whole message about being prepared, being battle ready and choosing. What side are you on right now? Guys, this is the book, The Military Guide to Armageddon. We're going to drop the links to this one and also the new book. And we're excited to, to talk about even your third book that you're working on now. All those links will be below. And we want you to connect with the Colonel and with Troy. Um, Colonel, I'm going to ask you to take us out. Any last comment that you have for the men as we wrap up today's episode? Yeah, a lot of your, uh, and we get this question a lot. What can we do uh, besides what you just said? Um if your pastor is willing or you're willing, bring us out. We do battle-ready conferences around the country and really around the world. Uh, we're willing to go, and we've had phenomenal success in helping people get prepared. So that's the first thing I would say. Uh, get a hold of us. You'll see the links on the below. And the, the, the most important thing, though, as uh, Josh just said and Troy just said, you got to get ready. you got to be ready, and it's got to be now. I cannot guarantee you tomorrow because— for us, there is no tomorrow. There's only right now. Uh, we're, there's, you know, uh, it's an illusion to think that you're going to live next 10, 20, 30, 40 years because you have no idea. Now is the day, the Bible says, of salvation. Make that commitment. Repent. Billy Graham used to talk about repent all the time. Repent means to turn around. Go the 180 degrees. If you're not living for the Lord, this is the day. I encourage you to do that. It will be the best decision you make for all of eternity. I'm going to leave it right there. Colonel Jamona, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Troy, we appreciate it. We really are honored that you guys stopped by today and we had this conversation. For every man listening, until the next episode, let's raise the standard. Hey guys, I got a quick announcement to make. If you feel that you're in the gap between where you are right now and where you're supposed to be in life, that place that God has promised you, that promised land that he has for you, then I want to invite you into the Unfair Advantage Challenge. It's an 11-day email training content that I've never shared on this platform before, and I'm doing this because I wanna equip you and teach you how to access the unfair advantage that God gives all men who are walking with him. But here's the thing, many men never access it. Many men never reach their promised land, and many men never reach their full potential. That's why I'm doing this. So go to accessyouradvantage.com, sign up for the training, and you will get equipped with the strategy, the mindset, and the tools so you can unlock and access the unfair advantage that God has for you. Let's get after it.